fancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. I'm going to ask you to do something for the old cowboy today. Get you a pencil and paper so you can write down a couple of things a little bit later. My producer approached me a few weeks ago about saying something about Alzheimer's disease. I told him if I did that, I'd have to mention all the other diseases too. Well, nothing else was said about it, and then I met someone whose wife has Alzheimer's. No, I don't know this family personally any more than I know Glenn Campbell. However, I have had a telephone conversation with the husband. There's many diseases out there taking their toll on folks, but I don't think many people think about them until it happens to them, their family, or someone they know. In my opinion, I think a disease like this might be scarier than something like cancer or some other disease. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Any disease is an awful thing. But to forget your family and who you are is, to this old man, extremely scary. I and most people have always considered Alzheimer's to be an old person's disease. But this Arthur's wife is only 49 years old. The doctors say we don't expect to see dementia at a young age, yet in this respect it is like all other diseases. It has no regard for age. There's an estimated 200,000 Americans living with early onset Alzheimer's and no known prevention or cure for the disease. The wife of this author that I talked with has early onset Alzheimer's. Kathy is 49 years old. She was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's four years ago. Her life expectancy is now perhaps just another five or six years at most. These are this young woman's words. I was devastated. It was hard. I didn't want to cry, she said. I felt actually ashamed because I knew what it meant. I knew that I was struggling already. Doing the little things like grocery shopping, getting lost on the way home. At this point, Kathy is mindful enough to know what she will soon miss. She said this about her family. I might be here, but I won't be part of their life. I won't know who they are. And that's the hardest thing to lose. And it's best said we're learning to lose everything. We're not learning how to do new things. We're learning to lose what we have. Choosing between bitterness or grace, we choose grace. Her family tries to focus on the memories that they can still make with Kathy. Everybody knows they're going to miss out on many more future memories. I will miss my family, she said. I have Keith and Katie at home. And I'm afraid I'm going to miss her getting married and Keith graduating. You know, as I said, I was deeply touched when I heard this. And I would ask that you, the listening audience, join with the old cowboy and pray for this family. Now, this is the reason I wanted you to have the pencil and paper. Write down this family's name and put them on your prayer list. The Kenneth Pratt family from Lincoln City, Oregon. How about some special music by Aaron Kirk? Father, lay me down.
my heart is tired from the struggles of this life refined by fire but I'm stronger from the fight forgive my sin free me from my shame heal me within restore my soul
Thank you, Aaron, for that great song. Is it a myth or is it a legend? What does it mean to put a notch on your gun? In the Old West, putting notches on the grip of your sixth gun was considered a ten-horn trick. In other words, a real gunfighter never kept track of his kills in such a manner. None of the famous outlaws of history ever cut notches in their firearm. During a rare interview in his later years, White Earp was asked how many notches he had on his pistol. Rumor has it that he called the interviewer a few choice names, explained that he wanted no tin horn, and promptly threw him off the porch where they were sitting. But Hollywood loves to make things more exciting, and so for many years, they always referred to how much of a bad guy the evildoer in the black hat was by the notches on his gun. It started with Horace Greeley, a penny pocket book author, and Ned Buntline with his ten cent novels in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and Hollywood kept it going. If Wild Bill Heacock had notched his Navy Colts, he wouldn't have had anything to grab hold of. I'm sure some did it, but it is 99% legend. Cliff Roberts, author of Shootout, is our guest today. Welcome, Mr. Cliff Roberts. Well, thanks for having me on, JC. I appreciate it. You've got quite a hit here with a Western called Shootout. Can you tell me the underlying themes of Shootout? The basic Western underlying theme for everything, it's good versus evil. And how the young rancher, he's struggling with his own inner demons while he's also having to struggle with the demons that are real men that are out to do him in. Just the same old story over and over, it seems like, isn't it? When you look at the world, even today, it, it's that theme everywhere. Yes, it I, is. I guess it was God's intended plan that we do battle evil here so we don't have to do it in heaven, I guess. Can you explain why people like shootout so much? Well, it's a love story. It's also got the element of a little bit of a thriller to it, and it's going to keep you guessing pretty much for the whole story. You write two different genres. You write thrillers and western. Well, I actually write almost anything that comes to mind. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> I don't really take a genre most of the time. I just start writing. I have science fiction. I have uh, action-adventure. I've got thrillers. I've got... Uh, even a religious book. You got a funny brain, Mr. Robert. Yeah, it just goes it goes all <laughs> over the place. I, I've been yeah. blessed with a great imagination. Now that I'm actually writing, I've got some place to use it. Do you have a favorite genre? At the moment, my favorite is actually westerns. Now that I've gotten to the point where I'm actually writing them and, and writing them consistently, I'm finding that I really like writing them. Right. Um, kind of takes me back a little bit to my childhood, watching television in the 60s and seeing all the, the cowboy shows on, and I don't know, it's just that little bit of uh, nostalgia, I guess, that, that keeps me wanting to write more of them. Well, do you think that writing westerns, that you might kind of weed out the others and, and not do those anymore? Yeah, it's, it's a good possibility that, that they're going to take, westerns are going to take over, because I find it easy to write them. I'm just drawn to them. You said you watch the TV westerns at all. Do you have a favorite TV show? Not anymore. As a kid, it was Bonanza and Gunsmoke, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, most of the time, if I catch any of the old uh, reruns of them, I'll see shows like Cheyenne and The Virginian. But I actually like the movies the best. I like Western movies. I watch at least four or five a week because oh, no. I, get, I get the Western movie channel. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Well, is there a favorite Western hero that you might like more than the others? Well, I, li I like pretty much the character that they always had John Wayne portray. and Well, not always, but most of the time that he portrayed was he's a good guy at heart. He's, he's tough. He's fair. But 
he's not going to take anything from anybody. He's right. gonna he's gonna stand up and do the right thing regardless. And that's the kind of characters I, I try to have as my heroes. How would you compare the old westerns that you enjoy watching to the new westerns they're making today? The old westerns were simple. They were easy. They were something that entertained you for a few minutes and very simply. They they weren't real complicated in their writing and. You could pretty much tell where the story was going. The newer ones, they tend to get a little more of a, uh, a thriller side to them because you can't really tell where it's going sometimes. When do you think that the heroes in the Western movies stop wearing a white hat versus the black hat to everybody wearing a gray hat? I think it probably has to do with the John Wayne movies. Some of his later characters, like when you saw The Shootist or the one they did with Glenn Campbell, True Grit, and even the uh, Sons for Katie Elder, where he's playing the bad guy. He's out. Th he's killed a few people, and some of them probably didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. But he's there trying to right things for the family, and he's trying to do the right thing now. And I think those stories and their success, I think, is what started getting the uh, other authors and writers at the time to try and come up with characters that were a little more complicated, a little more diverse, a little more like real-life people, because in real life, all of us make mistakes. But you just keep going anyways, and you, you try and write it if you can, and if not, you go on and try and do better the next time. Right. And that was the character that they came up with for those John Wayne movies, and I think that was what started people moving that direction. I think it started, basically it started when Clint Eastwood started making his spaghetti westerns. Oh, you know, God, yeah, they, that, they were like that as well, yeah. That's when I think it, those John Wayne you're talking about were all that different as the ones when Clint Eastwood and, and everybody Clint started Eastwood's making spaghetti, spaghetti westerns. Spaghetti westerns were, were complete eye-openers to people watching westerns. Yes. They were, it took you completely out of the usual mindset because he could be a good guy who's had bad things happen to him or he could be a bad guy who's just looking to make a payday. Right. And it was strange how they actually did those movies. He was the anti-hero, but he was the, the hero. And it was strange, but they were really good. Made people sit up and think, didn't it? It sure did. I, I actually had forgotten about all them. <laughs> Do you listen to country music? I don't know. If I haven't listened. I'm not a big music listener as of late. I, I go through different stages where sometimes I, I'll listen to a lot of different music, and a lot of times I don't bother listening to any of it. But when I do listen, it tends to be country. When you do listen to it, do you have a favorite country and western singer? Honestly, no, not really. Nobody <laughs> off the top of your head. Nobody, nobody pops into your head. <laughs> I don't know if Garth Brooks counts as a country and western singer, but I like a lot of the stuff that he's done in the past. I know he's trying to resurrect his career now. Probably will, but he has, he's done some really good stuff. I think that Garth Brooks is not country, uh, true country. I like the classic country myself. Uh, I go back, when they spent thousands of dollars on their suits to step on the stage where Garth Brooks wears blue jeans. Yeah. And, uh, well, they might be designer jeans. They're a couple hundred bucks, you know. Uh, yeah, but by the same brand at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, you But anyway, can. that's what success will do for you, I guess. When are you going to start shop at Macy's? Well, you know, i got to get a few more books to sell here. I'm just a poor author, you know. I'm struggling. I read one of your books. Oh, which one? Innocence and the Outlaw, I believe was the title of it. Okay. How'd you like it? You want the truth? Absolutely. I loved it. Well, thank you. It was great. Now, now see if I got my stories right. That was the one about the young young boy, wasn't it? Yep. Young boy okay. who happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Just like the Western movies of old, everything turned out all right in the end. Yep. Yes, it was an enjoyable story. And the bad guy wasn't quite as bad as you thought he'd be.
Is shootout up there in the same realm as? as oh, the... I actually, I actually think it's just as good as uh, Innocence and the Outlaw, maybe even better from judging from the public's taking to it. But I don't think the public's quite seen or noticed uh, Innocence and the Outlaw because we didn't do a lot of advertising on it. Okay. Hopefully, we'll get a little more going here. We're we're working on ways to do it. They're going to like the theme when they get the shootout because it's good versus evil, as are all good Westerns, as far as I'm concerned, even right. though sometimes you got the evil guy being the good guy. <laughs> well, let me ask you a tough question. Okay. You know, I had a lady from England or Australia or something that asked me for a copy of one of my books. She said she was a member of Johnstone, William Johnstone, and she wanted to know if my book was as good as his. I said, well, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't attempt to put myself in the same category as Johnstone. Well, she went ahead and she she got back with me a little bit later, and she says, I would put you right up there with John Stone. Your book was very enjoyable, which that made me feel good. Now, I'm going to ask you the same same question. Do you think any of your books are in the same category with some of these famous authors of the past? I'd love to say, yeah, they're really great, uh, but I, can't, I have to leave it up to the public to decide. Exactly. I, I can't judge my own writing. That's, that's something that, that other people have to do. I put out the best I can that entertains me. And that's really the, the first key to me putting a book out is if it entertains me, I'll, I'll put it out. If it doesn't entertain me, I throw it away and start over. And hopefully I'm putting out something that people enjoy. And hopefully years from now, people will still be reading it going, wow, that is a good story. Because that's what it's all about for me, making as good a story as I possibly can. That's a good reason. Do you have your books on audio? Some of them. I'm a little confused as to exactly which of the Westerns are on audio. I know we had two or three lined up to be done. I don't know if they've actually finished them yet. I've got two thrillers on audio, Fatal Mistake and Apollo Road. Pretty sure there are two Westerns on audio. I'm just not sure which two we picked. Let me suggest something to you. If you do have one of your Westerns on, on audio, you need to listen to it yourself. It is such a thrill for me to hear somebody else narrate my story. It makes me wonder, did I really write this? Because they're better than I remember them being when I hear somebody else doing it. I have listened to my, my two thrillers that I have on there, but I haven't paid that close of attention to the audio with the Westerns because I'm already writing new Westerns. I think I will pick them up because that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'd like to hear how it sounds. We can find your books on Amazon. They are on Amazon, Kindle, all the audio, all the paperback, and the Kindle versions are all there. Just do a search for Cliff Roberts, is that right? Cliff Roberts, that's all you have to put into the, into the Amazon, author Cliff Roberts, and I will pop up, and they will show you everything I've got available. Very good. Listen, Mr. Roberts, Mr. Cliff Roberts, uh, author of Shootout, is the hot one right now. Folks need to travel over to Amazon and get a copy. We appreciate so much, Mr. Roberts, you being our guest today here on well, the Wild you, West Showdown. appreciate you having me on. All right. We'll talk right. at you later then. You keep on writing. Thank you, sir. You too. All right. Bye now. We've got some more music, so let's hear it. This week we got another original song by a young lady. Here's Debbie Swinger singing her original song, Point Out the Bully. Stand up, point out the boy. We don't want to live like this no more. Stand up, point out the boy. Stand up and stick together and stop the war. Song, little boy, and crying on a school bench. 
They took his lunch and pushed him around Others afraid it will happen to them Are just scared so they never tell Stand up, point out the boy Don't want to live like this no more Stand up, point out the boy Stand up and stay together and stop the war Whether you're heavy, red-headed, short again don't get no one the right to laugh at you and call you nasty names or maybe even start fine. Stand up, point out the boy. We don't want to live like this no more. Stand up, point out the boy. Stand up and stick together and stop the war They drug her in the bathroom so they can have her way Now she keeps it all inside The pain of sorrow will be there till then That will last until she dies Stand up Point out the boy We don't want to live like this no more Stand up Point out the boy Stand up and stick together and stop the war Stand up and stick together and stop the war Stand up Is it fact or fiction? I've always been bothered when watching a western movie or a TV show when I see the cowboy tie his bedroll behind his saddle, mount up, and take off toward town or wherever he's headed. He rides until dark and stops to make camp, which just happens to be beside a small stream with plenty of wood to build a fire. After he gets the camp set up, the next scene shows him pouring coffee from a coffee pot into a tin cup dishing up beans and bacon from a skillet into a tin plate, sitting down and eating it with a spoon. This is my question. Where did all that gear come from? It surely wouldn't fit in his saddlebags and he didn't have a pack animal. How many of you checked out Blood on the Plains by Arthur John D. Fye Jr. last week? If you didn't get a chance to get your copy, it's not too late. You can go on over to Amazon and get one right after the show. Write that down on your paper. I'd really like to know if you gave it a thumbs up like I did. That's Blood on the Plains by John D. Fye Jr. Now this week I'm going to tell you about one of my books. Oh, I hear you moaning, saying the old cowboy's going to give it a thumbs up because it's one of his books. Again, I want to remind you that I pride myself in telling the truth and being honest. So I'm not going to tell you whether it deserves a thumbs up or not. I'm going to let you decide for yourself. However, I would like to know what you think. Trot on over to Amazon and grab a copy of Does Nora Know? And while you're there, check out some of my other titles. I met two new authors this past week. One of them has published books on Amazon, and the other is a brand new author with a book ready to be published. Now, I'm not going to tell you their names yet, but I promise you that I'll reveal their names on a future show. 
I mentioned last week about you doing something with that idea you have floating around in your head. Put it down on paper, or better yet, sit down in front of your computer and start typing. You'll be surprised how easy it is. I hear so many folks at book signings that has a desire to be an author, but they never seem to do anything about it. There's always some excuse not to do it. I made excuses for years, and it wasn't until I retired that I finally bit the bullet and started writing. But you know what? I didn't have to wait. I'd been writing all those years that I thought I wasn't writing. I wrote songs, I wrote poetry and ideas. Now that I look back on it, I was writing all that time. What I'm trying to tell you is don't keep procrastinating. Stop hesitating and just do it. It ain't going to get done unless you do it. And that's a fact. Why don't you jot down a couple of paragraphs of your idea and send it to the old cowboy. Send it to jc at outlawspublishing.com. That's jc at outlawspublishing.com. I'd be mighty proud to take a gander at it and let you know if I think it deserves a thumbs up. We might even invite you to be here on the Wild West Showdown and share that idea with others. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Now we got a long gripe this week. Benjamin from Augustus, Kentucky had this to say. Do doctors listen when you tell them something? I got there early and filled out all the paperwork listing all my medications that I take morning and night. I explained what my problem was and he said, I don't think that's your problem. And he proceeds to tell me what's wrong with me. He then prescribes a medicine that I've been taking for years. The one that I'd told him earlier I needed to change because insurance had changed their prescription plan. I tried to explain, but he stood up, stuck out his hand, and said, I'll see you in two months, basically leading me out the door. Did the medicine help, you ask? How could it? I've been taking it close to 20 years, and it hadn't helped that problem yet. Do I need to tell you? I didn't go back to see that doctor. I guess that's why they're called practicing physicians. You folks keep them grabs coming and let me share them with the world. Well, I've had some requests for me to read some more poetry. So I'm going to read you a couple of little poems that I wrote back when I was putting all these books together. When I was a kid, I really smoked a lot. Now the x-ray of my lungs shows a spot. I need a new lung or I'm going to die. I don't feel anything except I want to cry. If only I had known when I was young, I wouldn't have let one cigarette touch my tongue. But I'm not the first, and I won't be the last, to look back and regret their past. I thought smoking cigarettes made me look cool. I didn't realize they made me into a fool. I look at today's kids putting that thing in their mouth. I just want to holler at them and shout, Don't do it, or you'll have to pay. Don't do it now, so you can live another day. I feel like a frog in a great big pond. I need a fairy to wave her magic wand. I know that a fancy prince I can't be, but there's got to be something out there for me. If that fairy could make me famous and rich, I'd kick all the others into a ditch. Whatever she gives me, I'm going to take. Anything to get me out of this stinking lake. Why don't you send your portrait to the old cowboy? JC at outlawspublishing.com We'll be mighty proud to read your poetry on our show. Just send it to jc at outlawspublishing.com and let us read it on the Wild West Showdown. I want to give a special thank you to Aaron Kirk and Debbie Swinger for allowing us to play their music on our show. 
and thanks to Cliff Roberts for being a guest on the Wild West Showdown. I hope you have as much fun each week as I do. Have you still got that paper that I told you to have, that pencil and paper? Write this down. Come back next week for another episode of the Wild West Showdown. And while you're at it, won't you step outside and invite your neighbor to listen with you next week? That is, if he ain't already there. Listen up, all you cowboys. It's better to be a has-been than a never was. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.